0: Loki! I'm dead, my brother. No. Uh, everything we've been through together has led to this swift and unexpected ending. Goodbye, brother. No! <laughs> okay, let's leave his body here and get back to the situation at hand. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah! Comics Podcast. Heck yeah! I'm David Luzader, and with me is...
1: Nick Chermooksness. Great. Chermooksness. Chermooksness. Just practicing.
0: Just in case. No, it's really great to be here. I really didn't think I would survive the weekend.
1: Uh, yes, a... why don't you tell us a little about that, Mr. Super Spartan Man.
0: Uh, well, I mean, what do you want to know? Uh,
1: why aren't you dead when I laid all the traps out specifically to wear you down to the very end?
0: Well, those were really terrible traps, I have to say. Now, some of the obstacles were really hard. Like, there was a lot of walls, which the first couple times you, like, do a wall in one of these things, it's like, oh, you know, no big deal, I'm climbing a wall. And then after you hike, like, a mile uphill, you get to a wall, and it's like, I... Is there a door? (laughs) Can can I walk through the wall? I
1: just love the picture that you you posted on Facebook and the look on your face well, that this is a man worn down.
0: Well, okay, what's funny about that picture is that that was only an hour into it. I wasn't, like, worn down. I was like, hey, there's a camera right there. I'm going to make a funny face. And no, I... no, no,
1: no. That, that's not how the world will remember the photo.
0: Yeah, that's how. That's not how anybody's taking the photo either, which <laughs> well, that's is only because disappointing. because
1: it's clear you're trying to defend yourself when you probably didn't realize when you posted it that that was probably you like four and a half hours in and about both had dead
0: no i'm pretty sure i know Like i could even show you evidence that i wasn't like that there's pictures of like the people before me and i'm in the background walking looking just fine mm. and then i decide hey i'm it's gonna i'm gonna be funny which was a terrible idea apparently <laughs> it never made my it
1: it made my life uh, but here's something more okay. important than david's uh fantastic spartan race you said you watched bojack horseman i right?
0: did watch bojack horseman <laughs> let's stop talking about anything else let's forget comics and just talk about bojack horseman for a while
1: every week bojack horseman but yeah. at the very least for the next minute <laughs>
0: I've only I've I've only watched about three episodes so far. How many? How I've many only have you watched, watched?
1: The, I've only watched the first. I watched it the uh, two nights ago. Okay. Uh, and I and I, I mean I'm I'm definitely interested in watching more. I'll say that.
0: Oh, it's so it, bizarre.
1: It was <laughs> I, I just I don't know I maybe I just maybe just because of the show the show obviously was kind of my impetus for watching it. Um, but I I don't know what mood I was in when I decided to sit down and put it on because. Uh, I don't know if you know about but like it's very hard to get me to sit down and watch something. I kind of like all the stars have to align okay. to get me to do it. So I just literally just I, I just like was in bed and I like was like I'm just gonna put this on. Like I apparently could not find anything else to do, and uh, I thought it was hilarious. It, it's that thing where it's like it's clearly it's it's clever, mm-hmm. but it's like that the the it's 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 just like but at the same time it's kind of like the. You know it's the farts and dicks and, and vomit joke <laughs> kind of show you know but but there is something going on underneath it that's genuinely clever mm-hmm. so that's kind of what pulled me into it being like all right there's like humans that just interact with people who are animals but no one really pays any attention to it it just kind of is right what it's it just
0: is. yeah it's just how life is
1: yeah and for me like i i always like stuff like that where you know you just have, have to accept the world for what it is um because it's just mm-hmm. comics it's just
0: Um, it's just Bojack Horseman it's just Bojack
1: Horseman um and uh you know well on as Bojack at least voice wise is the perfect fit yeah Uh, that's
0: absolutely perfect
1: you know it's it's clearly I don't know I don't really know what to say about it the show is its own magical little beast Mm -hmm. and uh I will definitely be uh finding time to watch the whole season what did you think
0: yeah so I've seen like I said I've seen a couple more episodes than you have uh it's it's definitely interesting. I mean I'm laughing. Uh there there like what I one thing I really appreciate is that it could turn into this big commentary on Hollywood and all that, but it decides like to just start touching on those topics and just run full force and making jokes out of them and just mm-hmm. having a good time. Uh, I could see a lot of people not liking it and obviously the the ratings on Netflix are uh are reflecting that, that it's not very they're not as well received as their other original content Uh, it's not it's not no
1: blasphemous it's bojack Horseman. we've been (laughs) waiting our entire lives for bojack horseman
0: well and and i am really enjoying the character that aaron paul his his roommate kind of guy who's been living on his Uh, couch for five years the the
1: stoner guy yeah Yeah. I, i mean i don't aaron paul's from breaking bad Breaking Bad. Okay, that's what I thought. I I still haven't watched Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. um, but I knew the name was familiar, and you know I didn't really know what I was looking for in his voice, but I didn't know who he was.
0: On the he show. doesn't. He doesn't sound like himself. It's really bizarre. I'm really enjoying his character though. There was a great line in a couple of lines in the last episode I was watching, uh, where there's this this female who was dating Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. and they're talking to her. It's like, oh, yeah, I can't get Andrew to do anything on Mondays. He just hates Mondays. He's like, wait, Andrew Garfield hates Mondays? And then, like, later on, there's, like, something about lasagna. It's like, Oh, yeah, Andrew Garfield loves lasagna. So, wait, Andrew Garfield hates Mondays and loves lasagna. (laughs) And that's, like, all the joke was, but I wish that that had kept coming up throughout the rest of the episode. That's great. Yeah, there's a lot of great little stuff like that. I'll definitely catch that. I'll catch up on that. So, but let's not let's not waste the people's time with the BoJack Horseman Whoa. talk. Whoa! Because yeah, they can listen yeah. to our new show that we're starting. Uh, yeah, heck, heck yeah, BoJack! Yeah. <laughs> heck yeah, BoJack Horseman let's podcast.
1: Let's just, let's just say that if we did happen to spend the entire show talking about BoJack Horseman, it would be wasting no one's time. Oh, absolutely Everyone, not. It, they might as well go and watch BoJack Horseman though after the show. Of course,
0: our ratings would skyrocket. Uh, if anything, you know, I feel like
1: our love if you can call it love i feel like it transcends normal human love for bojack horseman
0: i'm really glad you finished yeah. that sentence i was really confused as where <laughs> you were going
1: i feel like it, it's free advertisement i really think we need to get an advert on bojack horseman oh wait you can't because it's on netflix they don't do advertising well, they
0: do do advertising because they well, uh, oh, well i mean they advertise the show oh man that we're like we're sh- like a, we're like a dc comic right now like it, a
1: comic within a comic within a BoJack Horseman.
0: No, I mean like at the beginning of the show, uh, we're, we're talking about BoJack Horseman. Just like right now, if you open a DC comic, BoJack Horseman. Uh, uh, we've we, we fall into their scheme. This you,
1: is like multiversity something something crisis something.
0: Uh, you can you can send your check, Netflix, or our check to uh, Heckyak yeah Comics at uh, one two three Heckyak yeah Comics Lane. Do you, Heck you yeah actually comics buy Heck out a yeah yeah street? uh no but i should you did you're right you're just for no reason a street i will never use (laughs) just to have it just to have it that's like
1: it's like like missouri somewhere it's got like one broken down hut
0: i wish i had that kind of money gonna be honest with you
1: i know that would be nice
0: all right anyway enough of what we've watched this week let's talk about what we've read this week
1: poll list time
0: it is it it's the it's time for the poll list where nick and i chit chat really you wrote the word chit chat
1: dude first off you don't break (laughs) character just read read the line okay
0: everyone here's 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 the script that's been submitted to me uh oh hold on we're getting some last minutes edit okay are you ready (laughs) for me to go here
1: yes i'm ready
0: all right and it's time for pull list where nick and i don't shut the heck up about some of the books we read this week nick what have you got for us also david is awesome that's not what i wrote i improvised anyway (laughs) what have Uh, you got
1: so i read um superman number 34 and batman eternal but we will uh get to batman eternal later David, totally tell us about how you did not even pick up superman number 34
0: so because i don't plan on committing to superman full-time i've just been picking it up with this current run of jeff johns and john ramita jr it's not on my sub list and i didn't see it on the shelf this week i guess i just skipped over it so i didn't David, pick it up David, i'm gonna, I'm gonna David,
1: what in your in your own time you can call it a sub list for, for the sake of the show <laughs> it's poll list time so, so, pollist. Just no. You can go back to what you were saying. I anyway, so
0: I'm gonna read it right after the show because I want to read it. I, I'm very much enjoying the story. But Nick, why don't you like? How was this issue? Because I know the first issue you were lukewarm on. The second issue, you were enjoying a bit more. Where does this one fall?
1: This this definitely involves in the enjoying it more. Um, I think. I have this anxiety and I feel like I should probably have my priorities checked but I did get this anxiety with every scene that Ulysses is in because I'm just waiting for that other shooter drop I'm waiting for Ulysses can't acclimate to Earthworld so he's gonna you know, just go crazy and then have to be an enemy instead of, you know, another I don't know, Superman-esque character among all the other ones uh, and I won't go into specific detail, but there are certain elements in this issue that could lead us down that road, but we're still on that sort of you know, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Uh especially when you get to the ending, you'll see that um it's definitely something that's going to weigh on Ulysses, you know, that we'll see develop over the you know, over the next few issues. Um they also introduced a new villain called the Machinist. Dun, dun, dun. I, I think I think, you know, when you have a, a creative team with the caliber of Johns and Romita on this book or Romita I don't know I
0: thought it um, Romita
1: I think it is I've always said Romita my whole life so if anyone wants to change me now you can't um, but when the villains called the machinist it just makes me realize that we've kind of run out of names <laughs> like and in all in, in defense of on one hand on the defense of the name he does a lot of stuff with machines on the mm-hmm. other hand you you clearly exist in the world with an endless supply of superheroes and supervillains. When you're just like, well, I can't be Metallo. I can't be can't. even Metallo. Even Metallo stretching in. He's been around for decades. Metallo. Oh, sorry,
0: Metallo oh, man. You know what name they should have picked for their new character? What? Bojack Horseman.
1: <laughs> Bojack Machine Man. Or
0: yeah, it's it's. It's difficult, especially in a book like Superman, because you, can you get more straightforward with a name?
1: Which, I guess if you're putting it like that, then The Machinist is perfect for yeah. a Superman book. Um, other than that, there the opening page does uh, bring us back to that mysterious cloaked person that I think operates from Ulysses' dimension. Hmm. Um, and I, I, it could be Ramita's drawing, or it could be that it's not actually a woman, it could be a man. So I thought I it was vibe, a woman. I've I got been... the vibe that it was a woman.
0: That's but, how it's appeared.
1: There's, just, there's a close-up of the face, which I guess could be revealed to just be an older woman, old woman, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's it, 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 to me, the face looks masculine. So, take it what you will. Hmm. Uh, and the person is talking to someone who's uh, locked behind a door. Uh, Interesting. Someone, yeah, And basically, the, the person is talking about all the tragedies that Superman has been through and that he still never gives up hope. And it's like, is he, is it even possible for him to give up, lose hope? And then she, he or she, uh, speaks to the, to whoever's behind the door and says, if I let you out, I'm sure you'd offer an opinion. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Well, are are you sure that, that, that she, he didn't turn and say, Superman is never going to give you up. He's never going to let you down. Yeah. he's never going to run around. And hurt you?
1: <laughs> Can you please play a clip of that right now instead of my voice, or when <laughs> you go into post production?
0: Yeah, no. Let me take the time to edit that in.
1: You need to edit that in, David. All
0: right, I'll work on it.
1: Make it work. That's okay. the kind of stuff the show needs.
0: We don't. We don't have that. We don't have Rick Astley money.
1: We <laughs> will find it. Uh, and other than that, um, they follow up, of course, with Ulysses' parents, uh, which was very touching. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where it's just like. I like I watch Ulysses and I'm just like he literally is like that kid you know where like you're following him in the classroom and you're just like what's he gonna do, what's he gonna do? He seems nice, but you know something's up. You know I don't think Ulysses has any ulterior motives. I I literally think it's just gonna be an acclamation thing. They also show the adopted parents who raised him in the fourth dimension, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they're weird looking.
0: Huh. Well, it's not a,
1: it's not a case of you know human you know kryptonian looking humans let's face it from a kryptonian's perspective Mm -hmm. they look like them or we look like them um these things are i don't really know how to describe them they are black
0: whoa
1: and and Uh, black
0: people are people too man
1: (laughs) no i didn't say that black people are people i said these things are or also black but like Okay, hold on, like Nick. Friend, you're being really friend. offensive here because you can't Whoa. just refer to
0: black people as it. Or like they. I don't even know if they're people.
1: Not black people. The, the, the creatures from the fourth dimension. The, which,
0: but now they're uh, creatures, Nick? This no, is getting horrible.
1: You are making me look terrible. I
0: know, and it's so much fun. Continue. No, they're like
1: snake things okay. that are black and not human <laughs> and, not, and not racist. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, they might be racist. We don't know them.
1: That's true. I, I, Ulysses could have been maybe raised by black lizard people. Um but I mean, almost again, like he is such a ham fisted parallel to Superman. It's just like, uh mm, like what's gonna happen to this guy? He he's not gonna last long. But but it's interesting. And they kinda like explain like how he was able to get back to Earth and what that you know, what that means. Uh Ulysses real parents tell Superman that he's part of the family. And uh, Ulysses has a moment with his dad that isn't very Jonathan Kent-like, so I think they're also saying that his interactions with his human parents could be, you know, kind of like, you never want to meet your heroes, Hmm. you know? Yes, we almost, as far as, like, Kryptonian lore goes, or Superman's, you know, past, we almost always just see the scene where he's rocketed, We you know, and we're told that, like, Jor-El and Lara are, like, really good people, you know, but... Besides things where, like alternate takes that kind of, like delve a little bit into it, it's it's those things where you can meet your parents. But meeting your parents after spending your whole life away from them is different from being able to idolize them, you know, in your in your mind and your heart right. your entire life. So I feel like there's something there. Uh Ulysses also pulls an Edward on Superman while he's sleeping.
0: Edward, oh Edward Cullen. Yes, that's you, really weird. You, you reference that.
1: I think I need to quit the show.
0: Yeah. Well, it's too late. I can't hire... I, I can't afford anybody else.
1: I don't, I, don't, I
0: don't... You've been paying me? Well, I haven't not been paying anyone else.
1: Fair enough. Um, yeah, anyway, I don't want to go do a play-by-play of the issue because I want you to read it first. But definitely from the from the first issue, the story is getting better. You know, is it going to be more than just a parallel superman, you know, go, you know, goes bad story who who knows, but it's it's it hasn't let me down yet, I'll say that for sure. Okay? And uh yeah, the Machinist. The So <laughs> the it, the villain that Superman deserves.
0: The the Machinist, it's uh it's Christian Bale on a diet of an apple and a cigarette a day. Yep. And really skinny and scary.
1: Is that what he did for but the Machinist?
0: That's what he claims he did wow yeah
1: so yeah the machinist is christian bale (sighs) spoilers dude i'm sorry i'm sorry but yeah so i'm sure you'll enjoy it when you read it and Mm. we'll definitely check back in with the book every once in a while uh that's all i really got to i was reading uh the latest issue of mighty avengers which may have been from last week not this week Mm -hmm. um which uh i'm enjoying uh, I have been enjoying and I'm excited for it for when it relaunches as Captain America and the Mighty Avengers. Cool. Um, with I feel definitely better art. Though it is Salvador La Roca on these issues. And uh he's deaf as far as artists who trace their, their their drawings, he's much better at it than uh Greg Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, it's 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 wrapping up its like its vampire vampire, which maybe Maybe that's what made me think of it. We're calling not that I've had any experience with the twilight books or films whatsoever.
0: Stop digging your grave, man.
1: Uh, but, but it, it's a vampire centric finale and it's good. And that's a, it, it, et cetera. What have you read?
0: So the only thing that I read this week, uh, because i missed Superman coming out was saga.
1: And, and how did that make you feel?
0: I have thoughts. You know, one thing I want to say, uh, August is over and, Roche Limit is still not out
1: Was it due out in August? It was
0: supposed to be out in August I believe
1: I think it might be September
0: I thought I could have sworn it was August
1: Well that just shows What kind of fan you really are anyway. Yeah it's September It's September are
0: you, like, Has I'm it always been at, September um, Or did he get pushed back
1: It's it's At the very least when Image released their comics For September It, it was, was listed there? as part of it Okay.
0: Yeah. Anyway so Saga I read Saga and of course, I thoroughly enjoy Saga. So I thoroughly enjoyed this issue. It was a little bit more of a character building issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there were some little things that are kind of propelling the story. And, I mean, the end and the ending really served to do that in a big way. I'm assuming you didn't read it.
1: I haven't read it though. I am staring at the first page.
0: So you didn't, you didn't get to see uh, King Robot then, in all of his apparently,
1: glory. Apparently not. But I did just see someone make a universe. Yes,
0: that. Is... It's an interesting way to start.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway, keep going.
0: Uh, some stuff kind of comes to a head. You know, we've talked about that uh, Marco and Alana are not going to be together permanently. That this story that we're currently in is about them separating. Mm-hmm. And some stuff kind of comes to a head a lot sooner than I had expected with that. And it's it's very real and raw, and that's that's kind of the climax of the issue. And it's funny because it's not it's, it's not a big space thing, you know that we've seen. It's it's these two characters having this conversation, uh, and it hit me really hard. It, and it just shows how much like how much I've been invested in this book, and how much I, I care about these characters and. And just what a great job that Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn are really doing here. Uh, I'm really curious to see the threads they set up, how that's going to play out. What's going to happen next issue, because something big is going to happen. And it's going to be, things are going to get crazy again pretty soon. I'm trying to not say anything, because again, you haven't read the issue. But I'm still thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it uh i i am very excited for the future i really love fiona staples art in this book and king robot is a sight to behold like just flip open a few pages and you'll see it i'm waiting for the reaction <laughs> right <laughs> so it, it's very what? visual people look up king robot saga on the internet but the, the, the brief description is it's, it's, a, it's a it's a guy and, and the robot family all have these screens for a head and King Robot is sort of a squat guy. He's a little thicker, you can tell. But his head is in like an 80-inch plasma screen. <laughs> and it is glorious. Oh, man. It's <laughs> so good. That's interesting. <laughs>
1: I'll definitely probably read that just after the show.
0: And I, it's so great because all the stuff from Brian K. Vaughn is where they really said this is something he's been building in his head for so long. Mm. It's got to be so much fun for him to see these ideas that's just been rattling around in there, like King Robot, to have that be on the page and be this visual representation for the world to see.
1: And and certainly Vaughn's a consummate storyteller. And mm. a lot of ways, Saga does feel like a book where... I don't think that he he necessarily uh, may possibly in the planning stages it was like he just took everything and threw it against the wall and saw what stuck, but mm-hmm. it feels like that like there's so many disparate elements here at play that he's found a way, certainly with with the more than able assistance of Fiona Staples, to create a cohesive, living, breathing world better than most things most uh, sci-fi fantasy fictions where they feel like they try to ground themselves as much as possible Mm -hmm. in something resembling real life yeah you know whereas i feel like we're getting real life out of this completely ridiculous universe you know in a way that falls flat like every other time
0: yeah yeah oh it's still but it saddens me but i I don't want to i don't want to talk about it we're gonna move on we're gonna oh, move
1: on. Man. Can we just can we just pause the show and I will read it real quick? No. Should we, should we do that? Should we do that? No, oh, okay. it's it's
0: late already. We gotta we gotta <sighs> keep gotta keep the train moving.
1: All right, people want to hear more stuff.
0: So let's. Hey. I'm, just, I'm just gonna ask you pointedly. Uh, how are you doing on the Hellblazer challenge we put to ourselves over a month ago?
1: I'm doing great. Uh-huh. I'm, uh huh. I'm terrific, even. I have read the first issue. Okay. Out of 300. Yep. And I mean October it's you know, October is still kinda of far away. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not even the end of August yet. It's almost only near the end of August.
0: I'm in the same boat. I I've read the first issue
1: and I liked it. I liked it too. Issue two, I've got the first next few issues like totally waiting for me on my iPad and they they're gonna stay there and until may- I get to them.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just the whole daunting idea of three hundred we... issues
1: we did set quite a large task to ourselves on top of reading all the other books we read on top of having a life
0: yeah and i'm trying to get, i'm trying to get through my to read list which features a lot of manhattan projects and east of west that i'm very far behind on
1: mhm we got it turns out that we're we're behind kind of people
0: yeah we we overcommitted on that one
1: yeah you know we were supposed so, to
0: we were supposed to update a couple of weeks ago on it and i realized after the show i was like oh good thing we didn't talk about it because i'm really behind. <laughs> hey
1: well you know what i you know, the challenge is still in play so the there's, there's we there's no reason why we couldn't read it's 300 true. issues by the middle of october um so the challenge is still going folks and, and clearly it's going to be a nail biter <laughs>
0: Yeah, will we will we make it across the finish line in time?
1: Will we even get close to the halfway mark?
0: Who's to say? Definitely yeah. not me. But let's do let's do an actual event update now. Let's go ahead and you know, you know Batman Eternal. That's a thing that's still so happening. We would Eternal. if for those keeping score at home, we should be talking about original sin this week, but since it concludes next week feels fitting to talk about it then where we can kind of get the whole shebang and so we're switching things around a little we're gonna talk about batman eternal right now right now right this very second we're talking about it we're talking about the batman eternal
1: batman eternal
0: so we're so things things that have come come to head well i guess this issue all the storylines are kind of in the same place we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't heard from Red Robin in a while. And that spoiler thing at the end of last issue hasn't been addressed yet. But the other storylines that we're kind of branching off are now all together. In the Jim Gordon case, Lieutenant Bard is now Commissioner Bard. Gordon was found guilty. Alfred Pennyworth has a daughter. Batman is still Batman. I don't know what else did they just say.
1: Uh, at the very least, Batman is still Batman. It's, it's uh, when you think about it. I mean, I believe this. We're closing in on the halfway mark. If it's going to be about 50, close, yeah. fifty-two well, issues long, twenty-one issue twenty-one, which is where we're at, is only about five weeks away from the halfway mark. So definitely, I feel like we're getting to that point where by the halfway mark, a lot of the, I, I, I imagine over the next few issues, a lot of those like the the separate storylines, like the stuff going beneath Arkham. And some of the in the like oh the, the yeah, t- I forgot that was happening. Too. The the Red Robin and the the Harper Row story. I think a lot of stuff is going to coalesce over the next few issues. Like each, each issue could basically touch on some of those disparate storylines, and then we're going to see some of that tip over mm-hmm. after the halfway mark. Um, as far as what the events go on in this issue, it's
0: it's a big uh, issue. A lot happened. It's,
1: it's one of those things where, in hindsight, now thinking about it, okay. reading the issue, you know, it was it was another. It was a good issue. It's not stellar. It's not fantastic, but it's it's a sol- It's a reliable book. I will say that Batman Eternal is a reliable book, which I think is a good compliment for a book.
0: Yeah, well, for a it's, weekly book, for sure. For
1: a weekly book, that it's been most weeks of an engaging and for me my my standard always like as long as i'm engaged i don't really give a crap what happens Mm -hmm. and so this issue i did feel engaged uh with the events going on but at the same time given at least two of the biggest the, the two big reveals in this issue can't talk about it
0: go for it
1: the the fact that hush has returned or in this case possibly maybe this is him for the first time it's Together I mean, he, again he, for he, the first time. He
0: definitely has a presence in the new Fifty Two. Yeah, they established know. by Alfred's reaction to seeing him. But I think this is his first appearance. Yeah, this is definitely his we first could be appearance. wrong, but this, is as far as we know, it's the first.
1: Yeah, which may, will make me interesting. Exactly how much of Hush has played into the past of the, the New Fifty Two Batman? Yeah. Um. Uh, um. So that's interesting. At the same time, it's like, hmm, various Batman characters all running around with their heads cut off, chase, you know, chasing Batman, trying to confuse him, stumble him, etc. And it all, to one extent or another, leads back to Hush. Maybe I don't there's think, someone... Hush
0: isn't the big bad though.
1: It, it's possible that there's someone bigger than Hush. They know, haven't. No, it's quite... like
0: very clearly there's someone.
1: Mm not necessarily but i'll 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 give i'll give i'm saying that if there is someone bigger than hush then okay but the same for me regardless hush is kind of a character like oh of course hush is behind hush for batman in a much smaller frame of time is like what norman osborne is to peter parker assume that if something absolutely terrible is going on with peter it's probably norman osborne's fault Ergo, same thing with Hush. Really? Yeah, that's the kind of vibe I get from him. Like he's this character that just can't he can't kind of just show up like some like some Batman characters do. When he shows up, it's usually with some long, drawn out, overly complicated plot. Which explains the Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee Batman Hush storyline.
0: Well, there, there which are Which not there.
1: saying it's bad. I like Convoluted for the most part. But I'm just saying that Hush is that character that like if he's going to show up, he's going to show up at the center of some Byzantine plot. Uh, And then, but I think the one part that really saddens me though, is the fact that Jason Bard is not everything that we hoped for him to be. He is actually a douche.
0: I'm not surprised by that though.
1: I guess I'm not surprised. And it's kind of those things where maybe I had that same anxiety, like I have with Ulysses where Jason Bard, he's got to be, he's too good to be true. And boom, here it is confirmed. Like, yeah. He's just that good. So, I, but at the same time, it does make me want to get more into his backstory because I feel like he could only have fabricated so much. So, he, I'm wondering, you know, assuming that he's not one of like the top people in this whole conspiracy, if he was recruited, when was he recruited? Why was he recruited? What's his reason for participating in this, again, Byzantine plot to destroy Gotham? and batman and what does he get out of it besides the fact that he's now commissioner of gotham city
0: yeah that's that's hard to tell and i definitely kind of bought into the bard thing and they they wanted you to the way that this was written is that you so far is that you would think that bard is a good guy they want since batman's a presence in the book more than he really is like the main character i would say you know they want us to trust the character so that it so it makes sense for Batman to trust the character, but for some reason, like right at the opening page of this book, when he's at Vicky's apartment, the way mm-hmm. they were talking, immediately I was like, nope, he's it, this is the one where we're gonna find out he's the bad guy, or he's a bad guy. There's just something about the way he's like, oh, I'm not doing this for all the glory, but you know, it's great to be commissioner now, all that, etc. Really kind well, of stuck pos- to me.
1: He definitely strikes me as a character who. Whatever his role is in this in this plot, is he's not he is not doing it for fame and glory. Like that's some of the things that keep hitting over the head, even if it's been misleading. I don't think he's doing it in a in a way where he wants to stand there with the fireworks and be like, "Look, look how I was involved! Like I'm such a show off." No, right? I really think that. Well, okay, he's...
0: not fame and glory. I'm thinking power. He wants power.
1: I don't even know. I, again, okay, obviously, we... we're. We don't know for the same amount of issues, right? My my speculation is that I, my vibe from Jason, which obviously was wrong because I was really hoping he'd be good. I hoped he would be good that, too,
0: but I'm not surprised that he's not. No, honestly, neither am I.
1: But I think he—it's more than just power. I think there's something personal about this that hmm. he gets out of it than just power. But that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, they'll reveal that. I think I that's think
1: true. that's they could do something. I think if it is just power, which ultimately any typical villainous plot usually has to do with power, whether it's maintaining power, taking control of power, and then maintaining it, or tearing down other people's power structures, I feel like they could do something unique with Jason Bard, again, pure speculation, where it's not just something where he feels he, where he basically is just like Forbes, where Forbes was this this sort of petty cop that got put in a position of power and totally squandered it, I don't think he's necessarily sitting in her seat and perpetuating plot or power. I think there's something deeper there
0: I would agree that i I'm not, I don't want to say that it's just power that he's after, but at least for me yeah, it doesn't seem yet that there is anything personal for him and they could reveal that there is I mean I honestly have no idea. That's kind of the point. We're not supposed to have an idea, right now. It just doesn't seem to me yet like there is any any personal connection for him in any of this. It it could be that he didn't. He got tired of being a cop in Detroit and got brought over to this with the the promise that great things were going to happen for him. Mm-hmm. Who who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm wondering. But it, was, it was
1: Gordon. It was Gordon who hand selected him.
0: Yes, but he could have been crafted in such a way.
1: That made him I mean, super appealing.
0: Yeah, maybe there was some fabrication there. Who knows? Well, we'll find out eventually. Uh, I, I wonder, too, the the plot with Stephanie's father, uh, the Quizmaster, right? That was his name? Yeah, Quizmaster. I'm curious if that is going to be something... Uh, a, having to do like this whole master plan or if it's the separate thing because they haven't really they haven't touched on if that's part of everything that's going on or if it's its own thing that happens to be happening concurrently concurrently with what is happening in the bigger eternal story mm-hmm. I imagine that it will be but it would be interesting if it wasn't
1: who knows the story will reveal itself
0: the story will in fact reveal itself i really wish uh hold on here i want to make sure i get the name right i really wish that yeah jason uh jason fabik would be the artist all the time on eternal because for some reason with the way the story is being told his art really does like really works for me Mm-hmm. and uh, like that scene where alfred is getting the fear toxin so sad it's like, but oh just so well done and yeah the, like the look on his face and the emotion in it there were some great lines in this especially alfred's lines like you were saying that uh master wayne might have a predilection against firearms but i'm afraid he isn't home right now that
1: that was a great line and then
0: all the stuff where he's talking about how he turned down the sniper positions and then to have hush say hush now that's that's like mr freeze in batman and robin being like ice to meet you, before doing something. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just weird when they use their own names in puns. Are you looking at something right now?
1: No. Nope. Nope, I was listening to you.
0: Okay. Well, could I kind of like pause there? I expected you to like talk, and you just seemed absent-minded. Nope. Nick, what's I mean, what's going on, Nick? What's something people don't want us to talk about comics? Let's let's talk about what's going on in our lives.
1: Our lives? In my lives in my life. Apparently I have multiple lives.
0: Um, time for a quiz. Was, let's do a quiz. Oh no, no. Just had to cut you off to talk about oh, quiz time.
1: But I had so much stuff to talk about in my life, like how I'm getting old, I'm staring down the barrel now, of third.
0: Nick, yeah. if you had to guess what this quiz would be about, what would you guess?
1: Is it about the fact that I feel my entire life slipping through my fingers?
0: Probably not.
1: Okay. Then I bet it's going to be about... Wait for it. I have no idea.
0: Good guess. You were so close. <laughs> it, what is it's about? I had decided that... You know, I'm I'm a really big fan of, of The Simpsons. And FXX is doing this really big Simpsons marathon. And you know what? There's actually a lot of Simpsons comics. So are you ready for a quiz that you're absolutely going to fail
1: wait you can't give me a quiz that i have no chances on
0: simpsons comics trivia
1: okay i should be giving this to you send me over the question
0: come on like these aren't painfully terrible
1: i can't remember the last time i sat down and watched the simpsons
0: well that's probably gonna that wouldn't help or hurt let's be honest with this quiz (laughs) so as always if you fail your family will be turned into four-fingered yellow people and uh put on tv to never age only for the amusement of audiences
1: might as well just do it already
0: yeah i've already it's already get, get get the process started so what company produces simpsons comics what who which company makes simpsons comics
1: um, well they're on Fox. Yeah, but... but that's that's not a production company. Oh god, what is he called? well, Bo- oh, 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 oh 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 Bongo. Bongo. Wow, look at you. I did get that right.
0: You got one right. <laughs> oh, there's hope for your family yet.
1: Uh not much. Let's try the second question.
0: How many Simpsons comics are produced each year?
1: Um at least one every month, but there might be multiple titles. So maybe one or two titles.
0: So this is just this is just the Simpsons comics, not not any of the other titles.
1: Oh, so twelve?
0: No. What? They only make nine of them a year. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. In what year was it, the first? I have cut? a question. All
1: right. Are the Simpsons comics canon with the show, or just kind of their own thing?
0: Well. You know, I I'm not actually 100% sure on that. Uh I And when and when don't... you're
1: saying Simpson comics, you just mean the Simpsons, not any spin, spin-offs like Radioactive Man or anything like that. Yeah, no. Okay.
0: I don't know if it's canon, but at the same time, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Considering it's, you know, The Simpsons and their own continuity is a little flexible. Fair enough uh anyway what year was the first simpsons comic created and what year was the first right, the first, comic the first simpsons comic published the first independent simpsons comic you know in its own book what year was that published 96 nope 1993
1: uh, how many I really just pulling that out of my butt
0: how many simpsons comics are there not in not ti- not title like not individual titles yeah in total the simpsons comics that specific book how many of them are there
1: um it has been published nine issues a year since 93
0: hasn't always been nine issues a year
1: probably not um somewhere in the 130s
0: 214
1: wait a second math is hard
0: <laughs> math they must is
1: have hard shipped a lot from 93 to 2000 oh my gosh math is math is hard so was talking <laughs> i don't know why where am I, my i why maybe it's just because it's late but my brain totally was like i was like it's only been 10 years since 1993 i realized it's not 2003 no. anymore yeah
0: it is oh my gosh been it's 21 not even years 2013
1: anymore Damn, last we're old.
0: last question i mean you've already failed and so your family members uh fifth fingers are being collected in a jar right now which fictional simpson superhero had his own ongoing title until 2005 well the word fictional is completely unnecessary in that question the question uh which simpson superhero had his own ongoing title until 2005
1: radioactive man
0: that is correct i you mentioned him earlier and i was going to be so worried that you weren't going to get that To
1: pick him? oh uh, no he's like the simpson superhero he
0: though. is the Simpsons superhero radioactive man had his own ongoing to 2005 that's funny well, too bad you failed yet again after your victory oh. last week.
1: Thanks for giving me a quiz that I had no chances of winning.
0: Hey, you got two right. I did. Even, even quizzes that you, like, know the characters, you usually don't pass. That's true. So, shove it. <sighs> Let's get on to the news. Let's move on.
1: Well, I think we need a different sound effect for we that. We do,
0: because that's our event update. You're right. We'll, uh, we'll think about it. We'll work on it.
1: Comics talk.
0: Now, Nick, was there a character that you felt was oddly absent from Captain America 2?
1: You know, David, there was a character that I thought was underrepresented in the Marvel movies so far. And that is Four Who? Google Four Bushman
0: Four Like the number four?
1: For F-O-R-B-U-S-H.
0: B-U-S-H. Four Man. <sighs> what the heck am I looking at?
1: Don't you feel like that the Marvel movies would be better served for him to have participated?
0: Originally the mascot of marvel comics oh man this is something anyway this is not who I was talking about though I'm distracted by this now it's a guy with a a pot on his head wearing a onesie with a cape yep I don't know if this is amazing or terrible
1: it is whatever you need it to be David whatever
0: you he needed. He's our silent protector. Our four-bush man. <laughs> anyway, um, the character I'm referring to, which is cruel for me to ask you to say his name, because we already know you can't.
1: We are talking about Clint Barton.
0: We're talking about Hawkeye.
1: Hawkeye. Let's hit it. <laughs> yeah. I get me to say it when I'm not trying. That's the true test. That
0: is the test. Anyway, Jeremy Renner talked earlier this week with Hollywood Reporter about Hawkeye appearing in Captain America 3 when that hits theaters in a a few years he said that that there will be an appearance well actually rereading this now apparently he's saying there are rumblings of an appearance but he doesn't know what's going on there it seems like Jeremy Renner and I already kind of knew this is a really busy guy he's
1: uh, i imagine he is
0: yeah uh i mean there's mission impossible 5 is coming out i didn't even know that there was a script for that already but he's going to be in that and then there's going to be another born movie starring him and then captain america man he's really he's a hard-working man right now
1: yeah i mean those are all action movies and they're all probably heavy cg you know effects and all that so no, it probably takes a them. while Bourne Those effects are so not, right. not effects, but like stunts. They're they're, and... they're work intensive.
0: Yeah, especially I mean, he's the main character of the Born series now, and he's got a pretty big role in the Mission Impossible, and we know he's going to be around in in Avengers. Uh, numero Dos, which is the span Ultron. Spanish knockoff.
1: <laughs> Avengers Numero Dos, which when translated is Age of Ultron. <laughs> Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah,
0: Spanish is a tricky language. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, that so nice. th-
0: that would explain because I, I really wanted I really wanted Renner in uh Cap Two because I really enjoy the character of Hawkeye and I, I think he I know you were joking around with Four Bushman but he really has been underrepresented in this universe and it's great Black Widow has been getting screen time um, et cetera et cetera but he's a character yeah, no. go ahead
1: no you no you go ahead I apologize but he's oh, no. a- <laughs> My, my mic fell
0: yeah i figured that's what that was oh no uh <laughs> really all i was going to say is he's a character that has been underrepresented and i think has a lot of potential and was really sad that he kind of got underplayed in avengers in this big way where he was a bad guy for over half the film and the parts that he was in where he was talking like that he was scripted really well jeremy renner was doing really great with the lines he obviously had a knack for this character and there's a role for him to play and he's witty and fun i just i want more of it
1: and that's, and that's the truth i i want more clint barton and when you think about it, when you break down his talk eye role in avengers i mean in the comics he starts off as a villain but they always go back to that that that, that clint barton was a villain before he became a hero mm-hmm. so in a weird sense even though their method of making him a quote, villain and avengers was to have him under mind control and doing bad stuff under mind control it still technically is of the essence of the character that before he became good he did bad things excuse me um as far and then of course we haven't seen him since uh as far as having him in captain america the winter soldier it would have been awesome and at the same time i think given the way that they utilized black widow in Captain America, he and and also the fact that it allowed it gave them room to open to bring the Falcon in. I think if they had Renner in there, it, there would have been less of a need for Falcon. If anything, more characters would have been not utilized to their best potential. Hmm. And I think Black Widow was just she was there in a way that it served the story, and especially as a foil yeah. to, to to Captain America, where he is sort of that true blue greatest generation guy and she's very much a I'm going to do what I need to do to survive on top of you know whatever it's going to take to keep the world running yeah you know so that worked whereas Renner at least so far and, and though it could have been an opportunity to open up his character more it's it's not it would neither have been the time or place so for me I think it, it's un, it's, un, it's unfair or it's unfortunate at least for Renner but I think it's been largely motivated by story mm-hmm and what I've read so far about Avengers Age, Age of Ultron is that you're going to get a lot more Renner in that. I'm hopeful. So so that's where I think we'll get an idea if they have a larger plan. What I would love, be only because I I don't know how deep into his character they're going to get in Avengers Age of Ultron, or if it's just going to amount to more screen time, would be a bunch of like web series, kind of like those Marvel one-shots, or even just one Marvel one-shot that kind of plays off of the Matt Fraction, David Aya Mm
0: -hmm.
1: book where you just kind of see what Renner, like what's Renner been doing between all these Marvel movies. And it just kind of shows him at home getting into like tracksuit Dracula crap.
0: I And I still, I, and I started working out and I was sending you part of it sort of this broad concept of what I thought a Hawkeye film would look like. Mm -hmm. There's so much potential in that storyline for him to be the street level Avenger. And to, yep. to make it a superhero film, obviously you'd have to do away with some of the aspects of the of the uh, current run. Yeah. But I think for the sake of a movie, that's okay.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it could, could still it, be good. It could. It could be another Netflix, you know, 12, 13 episode thing. Even if it's just only ends up, ever ends up being one season, I just think it would be hilarious for like, you know, twelve or thirteen half hour segments of of Clint Barton on the street doing Clint Barton-y things. You know,
0: hitting on women because
1: obviously, women
0: end up being part of some spy network or something.
1: You know, I because when you think about it, I feel I think the Marvel movies progress in real time. I think it's going to be about three years from Avengers. It was about two years in Captain America, it was about a year in Iron Man 3, so on and so forth. So, I mean, he's had three years to just kind of go around and do whatever. What's he been doing in that time? And he obviously has a life outside of just being another shield drone.
0: Apparently, because he was nowhere to be seen when all this shield stuff was going down. Right?
1: Do you think they're he was probably... like
0: just on vacation, and he's going to get back and like pull up in a taxi and be like, "What? What? What, I what feel, happened?"
1: I, I feel like Mar- Marvel obviously is very aware of of Clint Barton's, you know, his appearances so far in the films. Obviously, they're the ones making them. Mm-hmm. I th- I think that on some level that his. When when he gets introduced into Avengers: Age of Ultron, it's going to be sort of like, a, "Hey, what have you been up to this whole time?" So like, oh,
0: I was just standing over there." Yeah,
1: you know, and, right? I've been over. I was like, in, I was totally in the Winter Soldier. You didn't see me. Yeah. Um, and I think you're also going to see a lot of the Hulk in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also know that Kevin Feige has been teasing a Hulk Buster Iron Man versus Hulk fight. Yeah, and that it's based off the fact that these these guys have become friends so what would what would cause that fight and that makes me really curious yeah and there's been what what is this movie going to be there's been a lot of
0: talk where people seem to think that uh age of ultron or uh, numero dos for you spanish listeners that it's going to end with them getting hulk into a rocket and sending him off and doing uh planet hulk or whichever one yeah planet hulk that's that's the talk,
1: which would be cool, but i still not convinced it's gonna happen.
0: No, it's I think it's too too big, too much. I don't know really what I'm trying to think for, but I, I don't think it's gonna happen either. And also, will people stop making the stupid fake logos for Avengers three with Civil War on it? I don't know why that's
1: still people a have been thing. been doing that?
0: Yes. There was something that that's circulated to people were like, oh, man, I'm so excited, and it's, you know, here's the movies that are coming out. And there that's is. kind of why Joss Whedon did that that tweet that I think is hilarious. Uh, I'm going to pull up his list of fake uh, movies right now. What?
1: Oh, sorry, I lost you.
0: Yeah, no, I was still here. I was still still yeah. chatting away. Uh, but I was saying that people were making, like, fake lists of here's the movies coming out, and one of them was Avengers 3. uh Civil War. Gotcha. Which which then prompted joss Whedon to send out uh two thousand five, Ant Man, twenty sixteen, Aunt Man, twenty eighteen, <laughs> Woman Thing, May, and Union Jack in November. Which don't tease me with a Union Jack movie, Joss. Don't don't that would do be it. Cool. Twenty twenty. A brief history of time. Twenty twenty one. Howard the Man. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank Howard you, the Whedon.
1: Man. Now go make a Union Jack movie.
0: Uh with Jason Statham chop chop
1: yes yes that would be cool
0: did you uh did you see the the kind of backhanded compliment that kevin Feige, whatever you pronounce it kevin Feige. Feige, kevin Feige, he kind of he paid uh fox for the uh x-men movies
1: no i didn't see it
0: he said that oh i was thinking the other day about how good days of future past was that's right nick that's right let that sink in but then he kind of quickly moved on to talking about how you know when we made iron man 3 we didn't want to fall into all the traps that happen with these third sequels and he mentioned x-men 3 and spider-man 3 then for some reason mentioned toy story 3 which is unnecessary toy story 3 is a treasure
1: i still haven't seen it what i know i know it, it escaped me somehow
0: oh man what are we doing right now this is pointless
1: do you, do you want me to get off the show and go watch it
0: yeah i'll talk about the rest of these stories action comics number one sold for three million dollars big deal anyway blah 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 show's over go watch toy story 3 <laughs>
1: uh, next. Uh, but also lois lane is getting her own book so to speak
0: yeah, so we're just gonna skip over the uh the action comic story. Cool. No, that's fine. That's not really Action Comics
1: about. sells for three million dollars.
0: Okay, cool. We I, talked about it. If I had three million dollars,
1: I'd probably invest a little more into the podcast.
0: <laughs> Let's hope so. Anyway, yes, Lois Lane Fallout, a book by Gwenda like yeah, Gwenda Bond.
1: Gwenda it, Bond.
0: It is a young adult novel. Oh, so it's a novel. It's not a Hmm, I thought it was going to be a graphic novel. I missed that. Nope, it's a prose novel. I anyway, know. It Fallout follows a high school age Lois through the metropolis, where she's determined to figure out how a group called the Warheads is using an immersive video game to mess with the mind of another girl. Hmm. This is interesting. I was thinking about this story today, because I've always liked the character of Lois Lane.
1: Lois Lane's a good character.
0: Lois Lane, you have a character like Mary Jane, who... Mary Jane is kind of always there to be the damsel in distress, you know. Like that's kind of that's kind of the role that a female falls into when dealing with a male hero. And I felt Lois Lane has had her damsel in distress moments, but she's typically been a stronger female character.
1: Well, I think when you when you when and I think using the word strong like strong female character and I mean I'm and most... I'm
0: meaning throughout history yeah of comics i know today today we have a lot more in that in that spectrum but like her and kitty pride you know they were always they were always the strong independent women
1: you know and yes and i think that but and i but i i think like when you use a term like strong female character what what it what it really means is that and not to say that mary jane in her own right isn't a great character no but mary mary jane really has only been established to serve the the plot of spider Man. which when 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 spider-man is the star all all characters serve spider-man true but mary jane and and her her profession is passive you know so when you think of like the the situation she would find herself in someone like spider-man where his profession is being spider-man he is ultimately always going to find himself in some kind of dangerous shenanigans, thus to move the drama of the story.
0: Could you imagine if Spider-Man was like trying to be a chef and all the time he's like having to solve these crimes and didn't right? stop? All I wanted to do was bake a pie. And, anyway. and even a chef
1: is a, would be an interesting character drama, especially involving superheroes. Um, but with Mary Jane, she's literally a model. So not to say there's anything about being a model, but... There isn't really anything she does outside. There's, she's never been established as doing anything outside of being Spider-Man's paramour. Mm-hmm. That would offer her, you know. And I'm t- I'm more talking about adult Mary Jane. There actually was some great high school, you know, hijink Mary Jane series um, from a few years ago. But as f- and of course, this is a Lowest Land high school story, so I don't, I don't really know what the heck I'm talking about. But right. but Mary Jane, as she is in the present, really. Is really only a position to serve Spider Man's plot. Lois Lane, however, is maybe, I should say, a stronger female character. And not even female, a character in general. Because as far as starting off as another character, supporting character, mm-hmm. she's in a position where you and people do want to see Lois Lane. You know, Lois Lane goes on reporting missions, gets up in the hijinks. She doesn't need to remain to be involved in the story whatsoever.
0: Yeah, she's had some great stories in the past where. Even even when she gets captured, you know, her mind is working all the time in such a way she's deducing things and figuring stuff out mm-hmm. that other people stuck in that situation wouldn't. And she's gotten herself out of so many scrapes against these threats. I'm, I'm a real big fan of the character, gotta say.
1: And I, I know that DC has been entertaining the idea of doing like an actual Lois Lane ongoing comic. And Which they have I done think... in the
0: past, by the way
1: which they have uh, a, a Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. I mean, Su- Superman had a lot of characters where they had their own books. Um, like Jimmy Olsen, uh, who became turtle man. Um, anyway, but, and I think that's something where DC has kind of had a house style as far as like what they expect from their own books. Mm-hmm. I think that's starting to break a little bit. I, I, I don't and I'm not saying this in a Marvel's better than DC way, I think that what they're seeing from the very least from Marvel is to have some sort of aesthetic diversity. So even though like they're still pumping out a million Batman related books, you're now getting books where like Batgirl doesn't have to be Scott Snyder light. You know, it doesn't have to be Jeff Johns. It doesn't have to be like this dark, grotesque, grim and gritty Batman book. It can be a 20 year 21 year old girl in a Batman suit, a Batgirl, you know, in her Batgirl suit. You know, running around the the streets of Burnside, you know, kicking justice and whatever in the face, etc. You know, but it can be it can have its own tone, it can mm-hmm. set its own style, and you're gonna get the same thing with Gotham Academy. You're gonna get the same thing by Gotham by Midnight. You know, and I think that if, I think DC's kind of you know banking on the fact that these books, these alternative books, we can call them, are going to be will be successful. Then they might be able to loosen their grip, and we could get, you know, a lowest lane book that's not pandering to the current crop of superman books but it's just its own thing has its own unique style and can appease like the broadest audience possible
0: Mm -hmm. and and dc's definitely been a little behind the curve on the the female characters it's nice to see them putting efforts into catching that up i think it was kind of smart of them not to just follow Marvel's formula, which wouldn't necessarily have been a bad thing. You know, we would have been getting these, these female character books and that would have been great, but they figured out a different way to approach it, uh, which is going to be, what's going to be helpful for them to, to draw in, uh, you know, the Marvel readers or different readers than what Marvel is getting at this time. Mm-hmm. I think going for the, the young adult novel, arena is interesting
1: it's a great idea
0: it really is i mean it's a very hot thing right now
1: hunger games i mean these like i get i'm gonna bring it up i'm sorry but twilight <laughs> Hun- hunger games these books they're young adult books they're mm. they're they're you know boys can read them too but they're geared towards girls and they've gone to make movies that have made like a bajillion dollars and that's primarily from ticket sales from teenage girls Primarily from teenage girls. Well, so and, the, and that, the
0: boyfriends they drag there,
1: and the boyfriends they drag there, and their grandmothers. But <laughs> the fact that you, you know, uh, let like Fifty Shades of Grey is going to be coming out next year. Love it or hate it, that movie's going to make bank. Ugh. You know, God,
0: uh, uh, and, right, and you hate oh, it. Why'd you even and you mention it. that on this show? I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry, but I'm just saying that it's it's something where Marvel and DC just haven't been looking in the right place. And I think that it, on DC's part, having a prose novel starring Lois Lane girl reporter you know it's it's a modern okay there's the hardy boys there's a girl girl detective version nancy drew come on man. nancy drew sorry oh no my mic just kidding (laughs) where is your mic
0: that you keep dropping it
1: it's bouncing on my ipad on top of a bed oh my gosh um i know guys this is how i roll on my podcast um you know sorry nancy drew so i mean she she can be positioned as 24 you know the the 21st century nancy drew and, and, and a prose novel like i think that's going to be great and i really hope it takes fire and we get more lois lane prose books among other things
0: it would and, be really you know, cool to have a series of, of lois lane young adult novels
1: and i always thought that uh and this is a slightly relevant just because i know that Mar- uh not Marvel uh, dc is re-releasing gotham central number one ahead of uh the gotham show you know is that like as much as gotham central was the 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 Batman Street Book, you know, mm-hmm. how does Batman's world affect the real people in it? You know, they they should have done a Daily Planet Superman book, where we we worked within the offices of the newspaper as they dealt with the world in and around Superman. I think that would have been perfect. And they still haven't done it.
0: Yeah, I guess they haven't. No, you're right.
1: I think they've done like little things. I I want to say there actually was like a mini series called The Planet or something like that from a while back but i mean like an actual ongoing with the intent to go on semi indefinitely
0: th- with think... lois
1: lane with lois lane as the lead
0: i was gonna say but you don't think that the jimmy olsen book where in one issue he got married to a gorilla was enough
1: i think we should go back to that i, I think jimmy olsen himself could even get jimmy olsen lois lane you know expand the universe beyond superman superboy and supergirl
0: their own dynamic duo.
1: Get some steel action in there. Oh gosh. Steel. Uh,
0: anyway, so this I mean this is really cool because obviously I'm going to want you know, as someone who wants to one day have kids, I'm gonna want my kids to enjoy nerdy stuff. I'm not gonna force them. You know, if they want to like sports, that's their own thing. I will support them. But, but I
1: don't wanna.
0: No, but it'll be cool because you know if i if i have a daughter what am i going to be like here's uh the court of owls i mean you know maybe she'll be totally into that but
1: here's if... my pristine copy of the milo Minara variant of spider woman <laughs>
0: <laughs> enjoy kid <laughs> uh but if you know if she tends to be more towards the girly stuff then it'd be totally cool for me to be like hey here's here's this lois lane book you know it's still got still got the nerdy the nerdy vibe to it Also, is she wearing glasses that... uh, The words Fallout on that cover, are those her, like, sunglasses?
1: Uh, I'd have to pull it back up. (sighs) Failing me. I've got... um, I don't... Oh, those are sunglasses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's... It looks
1: like a Cyclops visor.
0: Let's talk about the fact that Donald Glover is finally going to be Spider-Man.
1: I think that's cool. I think it's one of those great full-circle moments.
0: Yep. He is going to be playing... Miles Morales on the ultimate version of Spider-Man, an Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors, upcoming. Which I gotta
1: catch up on that show.
0: I yeah, I watched the first one. I watched the first one that one time. It felt ultimately like it was not for our age range.
1: Oh, it's absolutely not, and I'll feel a little silly.
0: Yeah, it usually doesn't keep me away, but I don't know.
1: I I think I I think that I think it will grow. I think it's a show that grows. I've seen the first few episodes. It was something that as much as my limited attention span can follow, I felt like I was warming up to it as I got into episodes. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was because it kind of has that, it's a bit more zany than previous Spider-Man shows. You know, it, it does the whole kind of LOL random thing that like Adventure Time does so well, mm-hmm. you know? But you, I think a lot, of, I think adult viewers, I think kids love it, obviously. It's getting, it's the last first season.
0: They, well, they even they even redid the whole Avengers TV show to yep. fit into that universe
1: yep and i think that obviously kids love it. it's for the kids so i'm glad that the kids are keeping it alive so as, as adults concerned i don't really care about any adult's opinion on it mm-hmm. but i think it's something that you know like you said you plan on having kids someday i plan on having kids someday you know
0: we don't plan on having kids of, together the, people
1: no not together but
0: I but just, if we I did, but if we, did but if
1: we if we did have kids together, we'd want to be able to sit down with them and just a part of us would want to be able to enjoy the thing that our kids are watching with them, so that we're not clawing our eyes out and running and screaming to another room with like the Teletubbies or something. because all because I, I know with my dad, my brother and I, we'd go visit him and and we'd go to the local video store and we would pick up the same like two or three Transformer VHS tapes. Over and over and over and over again.
0: That's what little kids do, man.
1: And the fact that my, you know, my dad doesn't absolutely hate us. Like I just want my kids to know that. Thankfully, I'm gonna be a lot more nerdy than my dad was at the time. But yeah. I at least want to be able to enjoy what they're putting on the TV.
0: So Donald Glover as Miles Morales, really great fit. It's really cool that Miles is is coming to TV. It's great that that character who has just been so embraced by everybody, it seems. is kind of getting an expansion. It's sad because I don't know when, if we'll ever see him in a movie. It would be really nice to see him in a movie, but I, just, I that's something that I feel like is not going to happen.
1: I think that... I, I wouldn't say that it's... I think if Sony was smart, they'd get a Miles Morales project... In production, not necessarily. You know, even if I, I think it's one of those things where the world's ready for it. The world. There's no reason why the world could shouldn't be ready the, for it. Well, if the world's not ready for it. There's a problem. But
0: no, no. no. What I'm saying is th- the reason we're not going to get it is because does he does it take place in the Spider-Man universe? Do we shoot it off into a separate universe, and then how do you explain that? This is Spider-Man, but not Spider-Man. Well. Peter I Park think is you
1: know. one of the things I know, at least with his first animated animation appearance in Web Warriors, that he comes from another universe where there was a Peter Parker and that he died. Mm-hmm. So I don't I know that Andrew Garfield, for for what it's worth, has said that he'd be he'd totally love the idea of like a passing of the mantle to Miles Morales, even if it resulted in his character's death, which at the way people drop dead in those movies is probably likely. Um, That's true um
0: that, that that I I would necessarily
1: him. I would necessarily want Miles Morales to spin out of the current Spider-Man movie franchise. um
0: Me either, but for different reasons.
1: For different, I, I'm probably on the same board as you. Is obviously I've been a bit more appeased by them than you have, yes. but still not to the point where I feel like it's the kind of thing that I would want to expand into Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. At the same time. I've th- I've had these thoughts because why well, think about anything else in life, you know? Where could you do a Miles Morales without Peter Parker? And the truth is, you can. Oh yeah, All you could. Literally, it's just okay. Miles Morales comes to the conclusion of being Spider Man, whether he goes to a wrestling ring or he just somehow gets the costume. But or makes it.
0: yeah, but there's something really cool about him picking up that mantle from the, from the dead Peter Parker
1: there is it gives it definitely gives it more weight and it also shows the inherent danger in putting it on especially for young people
0: yeah well and he's how, um, old, how old is he when he first he took was it on? about 13 when yeah, he first man.
1: took it on he's probably about 16 15 or yeah, 16 I, yeah I know he's now. aged
0: a little bit now
1: yeah but I don't know it's it's. I think it's cool that Don Glover is getting a chance to play Miles Morales I'll mm-hmm. definitely you know whether I manage to catch up on the show or not I'll definitely tune in even just to see that episode and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got on that. Pretty yeah. cool.
0: It's good. Good old time. You know, we, we won't, uh, we won't waste our time talking about the, uh, the Milo Manara stuff anymore. It seems the internet's beginning to move on. We should move on too.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's funny. It's a cover. It's a cover. So. It's, yeah, and, and looking more at what's going on, really, people should be more worried about Greg Land on this book than anything. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just so funny how divisive it's been and how many people have been coming out like for it and any people coming out against it. Anyway, yeah, but we're not here to talk about that. Let's... But I, and I think it's...
1: The, the, the bigger thing on it is that what it, what it really shows is that a lot of, you know... It, love it or hate it, it's a Milo Minara piece. But obviously not, no one, me saying that, I can only say that because I knew who Milo Minara was going in. Mm-hmm. A lot of people kind of perked up, saw someone who clearly either doesn't like Milo Minara, is against, say, maybe erotic imagery in general. And, and or just, you know, didn't feel, regardless of the fact that it's a variant cover, that it had any place even being advertised as mm-hmm. being in any way associated with the superhero comic. Uh, and that other people just kind of perked up from, you know, they're like, they're like, uh, field mice or whatever. They kind of perk up their heads over the grass and are just like, Oh, meerkats. Thank you. Um, you know, kind of like, Oh, oh, what's going on over there? And checking it out and be like, Oh yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're going to take another five minutes, Google, learn about the situation and then try and come up with a more objective opinion instead Mm -hmm. of just an emotional one. This doesn't mean that you have to like it. But that means that you've actually put in some research and considered the bigger picture than just it's Spider Woman with her ass shoved up in the air, you know. Not
0: necessarily. I still think, but.
1: Unnecessarily, it, and literally, if like the butt had just been down a little bit more.
0: Well, and people and people have pointed out anatomically, you know, Milo Minara's like, oh no, this position makes sense. It's like she's getting ready to like to jump into action. People have said that if you tried to jump from that position, you're gonna fall straight on your face there's there's
1: no he way does, he does actually do i've seen other artists show what they felt was the appropriate way to draw it and how it would make sense Manal manana even drew redrew it from, from the, the profile but, shot all right. but obviously it, it's a different thing and we're not going to get too far into the no. cover but i it is one of those things where if you like it and you like a rock imagery because let's face it rock imagery has been around since like the dawn of time then go for it. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. It's there now. I don't think it's going to topple, the, you know, the the the, the war on w- woman or something. And I don't know. But it's I don't think it's as bad as it's been made out to be. I think that any criticisms against it are valid at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of those things where you just kind of have to compartmentalize it. And it's not going to end the world. Just don't buy the book. Yeah. Or at well, least don't buy that
0: variant cover. Well, blow, like blowing up over it's absolutely stupid. Uh, that also being said, I think the cover itself is absolutely stupid. It's Fair just it, it's a it's a poor variant cover. Yeah. It's, but yeah, we're not going to talk about it more than we have. Lots of people have said lots of things about it. Form your own opinion here, people. Uh, yada yada yada. What else? What else on this list do you think we should talk about? We still got a little bit of time here.
1: Um, I don't know Mark Webb Sinister Six lineup I They're saying really
0: Craven care. the Hunter Might be one of the Sinister Six no, I believe he
1: was One of the original So it, it works
0: Norman uh, Norman Osborn's head Is cryogenically frozen
1: Oh yeah That I thought Was weird
0: Did you Also did you know uh, That The gentleman Whatever his name is Yep con- like, That was originally Supposed to be Electro
1: Yep I, I I did I read that in the same article. I didn't know that up until now, but yeah. but that that's interesting because he really gave no impression that he was electro.
0: Yeah, it was very odd.
1: Yeah, I, and that's what it's. I don't, I think it's that the clearly the people working on these movies have a lot of great ideas, and and things change as productions go on. But I feel like things like that, like it mm-hmm. it 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 feels like like they're. they're it's not coming together the way they really want it to. I think there's been a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to these Spider-Man movies. It's so forced. And and I, I think that's unfortunate. Yeah.
0: That
1: they're not, you know... And it's just fine because you don't have to make the movies just like the way Marvel makes them. Mm-hmm. All you have to take away from it is that Marvel is simply just confident in the material that they're using. They're, they've had their own method. They have their special blend of humor in action, action and drama. You know, and it works for them. You can still go and make, like, uh, a gritty, you know, superhero film, but, like, own it. Embrace it. Yeah. Fall through with it. Don't try, don't freaking, twi- you know, t- turn on your heels and try and, oh, wait, that, but now it has to expand into this bigger universe. Or, no, now it has to have these awkwardly placed funny moments. And, oh, I I don't know. And I, know? I, really,
0: yeah, I really appreciate that Fox looked at the properties they have and said, do we need to do an expanded universe? nope let's just keep doing what we're doing seems to be like working out for us yep and it's uh yeah it's it seems like sony is like we have all these properties it's a really popular thing right now let's just go 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 and it's definitely feeling very forced exactly <sighs> just I, that's all i'm gonna yeah, say it's and that's one of
1: the things where i, I feel like with, with dc like a lot of people are just like oh they need to catch up to marvel and love or hate whatever it is that they're going to put out.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: it does feel like those that they are actually sitting back and being like, okay, guys, we could totally just try and run after Marvel and do exactly what they're doing. And in a sense, they are building an expanded universe. But if anyone knows how to do an expanded universe, it's Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Sony is not Marvel or DC. Fox yes. is not Marvel or DC. But, but DC and by extension Warner Brothers... Are are Because are, they're, they're not, like, with, with Sony, it's like, oh, hey, guys. Look, Amazing Spider-Man 3. But wait, we're also going to do Sinister Six and Venom and some female-led solo project. Like, like see all the stuff we're doing? Like, see how we're expanding our universe? Like, they're just like, hey, hey, hey. Literally, all we know about right now with DC is Batman v Superman.
0: Justice we League. Know,
1: we know that there has to be a Justice League movie coming. Not even official, given an official date yet. Just that, obviously, it's going to somehow lead to Justice League. Mm-hmm there will be a
0: wonder woman film
1: yep but and other than that they've released a bunch of dates but put nothing there so they have a plan but they're not waving their arms around like like please look at me look at me look at what we're doing yeah you know as far as a corporation's concerned
0: real sad real sad oh there was i forgot to get this article there was some comment on the direction of the daredevil series and i guess they're going to use the netflix stuff to get into some darker territory Oh yeah. Than uh than they have been with the cinematic Movies. universe. I'm cool with that. I don't mind a dark daredevil. Well Daredevil needs to have the gritty feel to it. You know. I, oh, I don't
1: I think that the popular Daredevil is the Frank Miller, the Brian Bennis, the Ed Brubaker, so on and so forth, where he's a much more gritty, grounded street character. And that works for him. Mm-hmm. especially when you realize you know that he is a blind man with super sense powers yeah yeah that,
0: it, it goes character by character really but
1: you know but at the same time that if you read something like mark wade's run he can obviously operate in a, a greater zany fictional universe yeah. exactly so it's okay that they're going to the grim the the gritty street route you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day it just has to be good guys make it engaging make it entertaining compelling what have you if it's grim and gritty, if it's light and fun, it's whatever, just make it good,
0: yeah, agreed.
1: I think that's a great place to leave. just make it good,
0: just make it good. That's all we want. that's all that's it wow we're we're ending a little early now, are we? yeah,
1: I guess we could start talking about our personal lives.
0: nah, I think we should move on. To uh, to some stuff, to some recommendations.
1: Recommendations.
0: Recommendations. Turtle power. What? I thought we were doing more than a feeling.
1: More than a feeling. More
0: than a feeling. Turtle power.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Recommendations. Oh, what do you got, David? Yeah. And I know it's not Marvel, though so you still have it listed.
0: I totally do. But don't you worry, because this week... I'm going to recommend to the good people Atomic Robo.
1: Atomic Robo.
0: Right. Written by Brian Clevenger and illustrated by Scott. I've never actually pronounced his name before. It would be like Wegener, but there's an extra E, so it's a Wegener. Wegener? Anyway, uh, though it's like probably American pronunciation, so it's like Wegener.
1: I've actually met both of them. Really? Yes. They, if not one, at least both. Sorry. Either one or both of them, but at one point, at least both of them have been at Boston Comic-Con. And I didn't go by their table this year, but I have in previous years. And uh, my friend Ben, who you know, Mm -hmm. is uh, a big Atomic Robo fan. So I actually got a print for him that was signed by the artist. That's cool. Scott, right? Yeah, Scott. Yeah, was was signed by him, and you know, and I and I have a couple of the Atomic Robo books. But you recommend Atomic Robo to me, David.
0: Okay, hey, tell so, me what it
1: takes to be an Atomic Robo fan.
0: So Atomic Robo, uh, sorry, I kind of got distracted there for a second. Trying to remember, yeah, Brian Clevenger. For those who don't know, he did Eight Bit Theater, which was a really long-running sprite comic about uh, Final Fantasy. And it's hilarious and really classic and has a lot of history on the internet. But anyway, Atomic Robo is about a robot who was built by Nikola Tesla, who is a scientist, I guess is a good way to say it. He's an action scientist. That's what he calls himself. You know who
1: Nikola Tesla is, right? Yeah. He's a real person, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, making sure.
0: Of course I do.
1: Just making sure.
0: I've been on the oatmeal before. Anyway, he's an action scientist, and it's about him and often his team of other action scientists as they deal with sometimes really zany situations like Dr. Dinosaur, which is this probably one of my favorite characters uh, out of comics, which is this, this dinosaur who thinks he's a genius, but he's this giant idiot. Uh, anyway... There's a whole bunch of stories. It's been ongoing. It's broken up in different stuff, but there's like Volume Seven: Atomic Robo and the Flying She Devils of the of the Pacific, or Atomic Robo and the Savage Sword of Doctor Dinosaur. It's these great sort of pulp stories, with with a very zany twist onto it, and you've also got all this great steampunk elements of kind of what Atomic Robo is. It's it's a good time. It's very comic book. If that's your kind of thing, which I think for a lot of people, it probably is. But if you're looking to have looking to have some fun reading something a little different, which I feel like I tend to say that a lot from recommendations, still stands true in this one. Mm-hmm. Atomic Robo is the way to go. Enjoy yourself some Dr. Dinosaur. Which, uh... Dr. Dinosaur. Ah, that's it. He claims to be from the past. Oh, he's so good. Dr. Dinosaur. Nick, what
1: stuff. have you got? Um, well, in true Nick fashion, I really had considered it before oh, this yeah. moment in time. Hey, me but, either. But, <laughs> but um, I do like the new Cyclops book. Okay. Being that I'm a huge Cyclops fan, um, I was pretty excited when they said that they were doing a Cyclops ongoing. Um, of course, it is featuring his time displaced teenage self. Um, but you know what? I'll still take it. Not that I even have a problem with this time displaced teenage self, but, uh, clearly adult Cyclops gets plenty of play, plenty of play in uncanny X-Men. So he doesn't really need his own solo. And for this purposes, young, young Cyclops is on, uh, space adventures with his dad, uh, who's also a space pirate. Let me back up. Uh, let, me, let me back up. Okay,
0: are you sure you're not recommending Atomic Robo to me right now?
1: I am actually recommending Atomic Robo to you right now. Um, so, to try and condense important Cyclops bits into like five seconds, when when they first um, explained Cyclops' backstory, they said that he was an orphan. He was found in Alaska, or something like that. He's from Alaska, and his that his brother and him that his brother and him um, were thrown from an airplane before it exploded that his parents were on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that also explains why like he, apparently he hit his head and that explains why he can't control his optic blasts. That was the original reasoning for it. I think that still is the reason, but um, so that was all you said that he's orphaned. He finds his brother. Everything's great. Blah, 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 blah. Years later, and I could be getting my timelines wrong, but sometime later, Cyclops is in space with the rest of the X-Men and, he and and this is while Chris Claremont's on the book, who, you know, goes on who redefines all the X Men, etc. Um, he ends up running into these space pirates called the Star Jammers, who mostly just have a beef with the Shiar Empire alien empire. Uh turns out that their captain is one Christopher Summers, but he goes by the name Corsair. Okay. Cyclops, adult Cyclops, and him have a reunion. Everything's peachy. They kind of go their separate ways because his dad's not going to stop being a space pirate, and Cyclops isn't going to stop being Cyclops. Cyclops. Right. Move forward like decades, and um, there was a story that Ed Brubaker, your favorite, uh, wrote, a fan, in which um, Corsair was actually killed by the third Summer's brother, Gabriel, a son that. Neither he nor Cyclops knew existed. Um, so, of course, it was killed. I don't exactly... I didn't read the issue, so I don't know to what extent. Like, like, was he, like, blown to atoms or was he just shot? Like, whatever. I just know he died. Mm-hmm. And then, more recently, in Bendis's all-new X-Men book, uh, the young X-Men and the Guardians of the Galaxy end up teaming up with the Jammers with, sh- oh, surprise... Corsair alive and well what? at the helm again and so even though adult Cyclops and Corsair have had their reunion you know their, their whatever um, young Cyclops is still on the impression that he's an orphan mm-hmm. you know until, the, until he came to the future he didn't even know he had a brother a younger brother who in the future is obviously older than him etc so now he right. has this now he has this dad that he that he thought was dead that he can reconnect with and his dad, in a sense, has a second chance to kind of be the father for young Cyclops that he never could be for adult Cyclops. So Cyclops, young Cyclops agrees to stay with his father and the Starjammers in space while the rest of the X-Men go back to Earth, and thus begins the Cyclops series. Cool. The sad news is that Greg Rucca, who's a great comic writer, is only on for the first four issues He was meant to stay on longer, but I guess his his schedule with, he he writes prose novels as well, got too hectic, and he had to step away from the book. Hmm. So far, the first four issues, uh, which the fourth one has come out today, uh, have been great. Uh, They don't just let Corsair get away with the fact that he died, because a lot of times you get characters and they come back, and it's like, hey, they're alive. Like, let's gloss over the fact that, you know, people don't come back to life, but all these people always do. You know, yeah. so there, there's actually a catch for him being back. He has to take this this so far unexplained medication that helps keep him alive, um, and that's led to a bit of a rift between him and Young Cyclops. And at the same time, they're now trapped on a deserted alien world with no way of getting off it. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, that being said, John Layman of Chew fame. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever read Chew, but it's. A, I haven't gone too far into it, but it's John, good. Book.
0: John Layman uh, shops at my shop in Phoenix.
1: Oh, I think he told me that once. Yeah, um, and he's also. I don't think he has any involvement in Batman Eternal anymore, but he did at the beginning.
0: No, he's still a. Consulting they, they credit writer. him as a consulting
1: yeah. writer. I think that's more
0: for posterity. For,
1: yeah. for posterity, I don't think he's actually writing the scripts anymore, even participating. And the consulting though who knows how you know we're on issue 21 now and he was announced as leaving the, the series months ago they could have been past this point when he stepped away from it which yeah. was funny because I thought he was stepping away to focus on just his creator own work mm-hmm. but I guess there was something alluring about the Cyclops book which when Greco had to step away he heeded the call to take over so I'm actually really excited to see where he takes it um, it's just it's cool seeing Cyclops who's a character that I love even if it's his younger self off on these adventures and it's kind of a book where really anything goes you know as long as he's in space hang out with his dad you know who knows where it's going to take him and that's what I think is exciting about the book it's also at least the first three issues drawn by Russell Dodderman, who I think is going to be another one of those it artists in the next few years he's going to be taking over the new Thor series with Jason Aaron Um, so already he's been pulled from Cyclops you know Cyclops was like that breakout book that made everyone go hey russell dodderman this guy's pretty good and now he's getting on to bigger and bigger profile projects
0: hmm.
1: anyway cyclops check it out you'll come for the greg reka but you'll stay for the john layman
0: it's good it's a good little tagline there Thank i think you. Uh, i think i might have to steal that for the episode title
1: <laughs> that'd be awesome that actually is a great title
0: Alright, I think that does it for us. Any final thoughts, Nick?
1: So many. Deep and probing, curious about the universe and all of its many,
0: many So you can find uh more about us at heckiacomics.com. I'm David Luzader. That's Nick Shamooksness. You can find Hello. me on Twitter at DavLuz. You can find Nick Oh, uh, I, oh man. Uh Slowly,
1: phew. slowly, slowly, slowly. Slowly, slowly working on the Heckyard yeah Tumblr page.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Slow.
0: You'll find Nick uh, pressing next on Gifts of Cats, trying to decide which one really says Heckyard yeah Comics. <laughs> uh, you can follow the show on Twitter as well at Heckyard yeah Comics. You can also contact us via email. Uh, go ahead and email us at Heckyard Comics at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher wherever fine podcasts are found, and the less fine ones. We don't mind rubbing elbows with the low lives. hmm uh, mm-hmm. I think that's all that we usually say at the end of the show. And as always, if you enjoyed it, please tell your friends. If you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next week, goodbye. Later. The worst episode ever!